0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Pitiless. That's the word that none other than Martin Luther himself uses to describe Jesus in this reading this morning. Luther says, nowhere in the Gospels is Christ pictured as pitiless as he is right here in this encounter with the Canaanite woman. Pitiless. Do you agree? When we find Jesus, he's in foreign territory. And coming up to him is none other than a Canaanite woman. The woman, the Canaanites were the ancient enemies of the people of God. And yet this Canaanite woman already evinces a serious faith as she cries out, O oh Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. She is at the end of her rope as her daughter is demon-possessed. She thinks, maybe, maybe this one can come and help me. At the end of her rope, she audaciously cries out to Christ. She steps up to the plate. And how will Jesus respond? Well, not at all. At least not at first. As she's crying out to him, O oh Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus is Silent. Gives her a shoulder so cold it would make Olaf the snowman shudder. (laughs) How can he not say anything to her? It's strike one. But she's undeterred. She keeps coming, keeps begging, keeps pleading. She's following after Jesus. Picture Jesus walking up the way with his back turned to her as she's calling out to him, O Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me! And the disciples are seeing all of this. And the disciples sometimes are are like the PR crew of Jesus, right? And they're watching this, this Canaanite woman coming after Jesus. They're saying, oh gosh, this does not look good. None of this looks good at all. They're thinking to themselves, we need to just get this woman to go away And so they come and they say to Jesus, Jesus, just send her away. And implicit in that that command or that request of Jesus, say, just give her what she wants, right? And just be rid of her already. This doesn't look good to have her coming after us. Jesus responds, oh, you want me to just do what she wants and send her away? I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Strike two. But still, still, this woman will not give up. Still, she comes after Jesus, even though he has given her that cold shoulder. Even though he has said he has not come for people such as her. Still, she begs, she pleads, and finally she prostrates herself. And the the word there literally is, is the word for worship, of bowing down to kiss the feet of the Lord Jesus And her plea there, her her, her cry to him is just tender and simple. Lord, help me. She's looking up to him with those puppy dog eyes. Can you picture it? And so what does Jesus say? He looks down at her with those puppy dog eyes and he says, it's not right to give the children's bread to the puppies. Hmm. Woo! Strike three. And it just boom, cuts you to the heart, pitiless. How could Jesus respond to her in this way? She comes with such simple, genuine faith, crying out in need to the Lord. And this is not what we expect of Jesus. This is not the way that we typically see him. What's he up to here? It makes me think of a moment from the American movie classic, The Princess Bride. How many of you have seen The Princess Bride? You need to put on your list, all right? But, for those of you who haven't, The Princess Bride tells the story of a poor farm boy, Wesley, who falls in love with the princess, Princess Buttercup. He loves Princess Buttercup, but they are taken away from one another. And Princess Buttercup presumes that Wesley is dead, that he has been killed by the dread pirate Roberts. Well, he hasn't. And as the story unfolds, in fact, Wesley is reunited with his long-lost love. But when he is, he's in disguise. He's in disguise as none other than that same dread pirate Roberts. And at first, he does not reveal his identity to Princess Buttercup, when he's reunited with her. She doesn't realize that it's him. Why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't he just show her right away? This should be his crowning moment. But instead, he chooses this moment to act cruelly. That's right. He keeps the mask on, and he starts needling her and questioning her. Why weren't you faithful to Wesley? Why did you forget him? You've gone, and you've become engaged to some other would-be prince. Didn't you love him? No, you never loved him. You never cared about him. And she says, no, it's not true. I was, I was forced into this, other, into this other engagement. I loved him all along. He says, no, you didn't. And he just keeps twisting the knife. You don't love him. You never loved him. You're watching this and you're thinking, gosh, how could Wesley be so mean? How could he be so cruel? This should be his moment of triumph. Here is his long lost love. Why aren't they reunited? Does he lack love for her now? No, it's just the opposite. He has an abundance of love for her. But see, what he's doing in that moment is he's trying to draw her out to see, is her devotion genuine? Is her love real? Or was she just toying with him? See, it's not from a lack of love but because his heart belongs to her that he wants to see is her love real. And then she pushes him down a hill. He survives. I think that something similar is happening in this gospel reading. I think that something similar is happening here. So Jesus says this seemingly most cruel word of all, to this poor Canaanite woman. Ah, it's not right to give the the child's bread to the dogs, to the puppies. I shouldn't do that. And you'd think, for any of us at that moment, I'd say, all right, enough is enough. Clearly, I have gotten a door slammed in my face here. This guy wants to have nothing to do with me. I'm going to move on. But she doesn't do that. Instead, in an act of incredible improvisational faith, she says, yes, Lord, you're right. Yes, only the the children should get the bread, and the puppies get the crumbs. She's saying, in effect, I believe that you are such a generous, gracious Lord, that you provide so abundantly for your children, that even the mere crumbs that fall off the table, that those are enough for me. me. I, I don't claim to be a child, I don't claim to be one that's sitting at the table, but all I need are those crumbs. You're right, Lord. I am a dog. And so, as a dog, I lay claim to my crumbs. I believe the technical theological term for this is gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because here she has. in this seemingly pitiless Lord in his own promises. She has acknowledged who he is and in this bold, audacious claim of faith, she said, yes, I don't claim to be something that I'm not. I don't claim to be deserving to sit at the table. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. I am but a dog. And yet I know that as a dog, even still, I have the gift of your abundance. Whew. Jesus, she's got you now. And how do you feel about that, Lord? Make no mistake, he could not be more pleased. He couldn't be more pleased. The tell comes in his response to her now. So, He has been putting on that stern face. He's had that mask on all along. He says, no, no, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to say I didn't come for your kind. I'm even going to call you a dog. No, no, no. How could he be so cruel, this Christ? But then finally, as she pens him in with his own promises, as she catches him in his word and in his identity, now the mask comes off. And he says to her, oh, woman, how great is your faith? Be it done for you as you desire. As I, I hear that and I read that, it makes me think of whenever you're, you're trying to tell a joke to somebody and yet you're keeping it in. You know those moments when you're trying to, to keep a straight face when you're doing one of these things, you know. And finally, you can't keep a straight face anymore. Finally, you just have to let it out. That's Jesus in this moment. This is who he is as that kind, gracious, abounding Lord. He can only put on that stern face for so long. But finally, as he has seen and heard this bold, audacious claim of faith, he can't keep it in any longer. Oh, woman, how great is your faith. Because as this kind, abounding king, he wants nothing more than to shed abroad his grace on his people. And yes, this Canaanite woman is one of his people. Because in the transforming love of our Lord, he turns puppies into people. He turns dogs into daughters. And gives to her and to you and me, not merely a crumb of his kingdom, but a full-on feast. This is the love of our Lord for you and me. Though we come to him undeserving in our sinfulness, he looks on us. He looks on us with empty hands and he fills them with all of his good things. All the the blessings of heaven, forgiveness of sins, life and salvation poured upon you. And he says, friend, you're down there below the table. Come up higher. That's not where you belong. Now you belong to me. Now I have made you a a member, a son and daughter of my kingdom. No longer do you, you scramble for scraps, but now you come up to the feast. That's where I want you to be. That's what Jesus says to this Canaanite woman, and that's what he says to you and me as well. But you're wondering, I know you're still wondering, so why does he wait? Why does he wait? Why does he linger so long? Why does he allow himself to seem so cruel to her in the midst of all of that? Couldn't he have cut to the chase a little bit sooner? Well, I want to give you three reasons why I think it is. Three reasons why Jesus keeps that mask on for as long as he does. The first reason, I think, is like Wesley in the movie. He really does want to draw out that genuine confession of faith from her. As we come to the story this morning, it's not long after Jesus' feeding of the 5,000. And I think there's part of this where the Lord wants to make sure, are you just chasing after bread here, Right? Are you just somebody who's heard about the miracles that I can do or do you really want me? Do you want to live in relationship and friendship with me? And so Jesus is drawing out that devotion from her. I think that's the first reason why he lingers with that stern face on, why he keeps the mask on as long as he does. But secondly, secondly as a witness. As a witness not merely to her, but to his disciples. Now, as we saw, his disciples are utterly dumbfounded. First of all, they're hanging out in Tyre and Sidon, which is a place that no Jew worth his salt would normally be uh, found around. But now here, Jesus, the rabbi, the Messiah, the Son of God, he's going to Tyre and Sidon. He's talking to Canaanites, those ancient enemies of God, or so they think. And Jesus is saying to them and to us, listen, whoever you might think is outside the bounds of the kingdom of God, think again. This Christ has come to lay claim to those that you think are dogs, that you think have no business belonging to God. Now, in my love and in my mercy, they too are part of the fold. And so I think that Jesus lingers in order to make clear to his disciples, to give that witness, no one is beyond the pale of his love. But it's the third reason that I especially want to highlight for you and me today. I think that Jesus keeps that mask on and and waits as long as he does in order to affirm the devotion of that woman, in order to provide a witness to the disciples that the people of faith can come from any walk of life. But thirdly, to provide an example. To provide an example for you and me. An example in this woman. Because she shows what I like to think of as holy chutzpah. Let me hear you say, holy chutzpah. Holy chutzpah. You have to get the ch. The holy chutzpah. It's your Yiddish lesson for this morning. She shows that kind of holy chutzpah. And what's holy chutzpah? Holy chutzpah is that bold, brash, audacious faith that clings to the promises of Christ come what may that holds fast to the promises of God, no matter what. Even when things seem dark, when they seem bleak, still holy chutzpah holds fast to the Lord Jesus, like a burr to the sleeve, like a weasel to its prey, like a viper that sinks its teeth. That's what holy chutzpah is like. And that's what we need. That's what you and I need. Because sometimes, perhaps more often than we wish, it seems like prayers fall on deaf ears. Sometimes God is silent. Sometimes he wears that mask and we can't see behind what he is up to. And you can't help but wonder, does he care? Is he for me? Is he messing with me? Know this, that Christ is a kind and gracious Lord. And if we had any doubt about it, he makes clear on that cross where he unmasks his love for you and me once and for all. Every question and every doubt that we have is run through this filter of the cross and the empty tomb. Now as we look through that, we see a Savior behind the mask. We see his heart revealed to you and to me so that you and I can hold fast to him with holy chutzpah and claim those promises. Promises of hope and a future. Promises that he is for me and not against me. Promises that all things will work to the good. Promises that at the last I will be his own and so we pray lord not as i wish but as you wish we cling to him grab him by the lapels tell him you made this promise yes i might be a dog but i want those crumbs and make no mistake nothing pleases your lord more amen And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.